Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Shootings in Philadelphia, shootings in Chattanooga. Now all of a sudden we're paying attention to shootings because politically we can get some legislation done and politically we can use this for the midterms. Three people got killed in Philadelphia. It's not the first time three people have been killed in Philadelphia. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not saying it doesn't deserve notice. I am saying it's only getting notice now in the backdrop of Buffalo and Uvalde, Texas. It's political. It's political when the governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, signs a series of laws. Bills into law, including people under 21 can no longer buy semi-automatic rifles like an AR-15. This, of course, is all going to be challenged in a court of law. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, so good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. And then there's legislation in the Senate right now that there's a, a feel that it's going to get passed. You've got Senator uh, Chris Murphy from Connecticut, a Democrat, a... Uh, I'm not a fan. Saying he's more confident than ever that lawmakers will get something done to address gun violence across the U.S. It's not gun violence, it's violence. And the violence is cultural. It's not the gun. In Los Angeles, three people were stabbed at a hospital. Oh, we're not talking about that story? We're not able to talk about what's going on with knives, right? The people who wanted to do something weren't able to get a hold of a gun, so they got a hold of a knife. A doctor and two nurses were stabbed from the Encino Hospital Medical Center. This happened just before 4 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, their local time. In my beloved Indianapolis, we have another stabbing death. Never mind all the people who get stabbed in the UK, so much so they have places where like, please, please drop off your knife here. You need an ID in order to purchase a knife. I don't argue that people committing murder with guns isn't a horrific thing. I don't argue against the horror of what took place in Uvalde. Not at all. I argue against the idea that the problem is the existence of guns and therefore something has to be done about it. Oh, no, 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 no. I argue against the idea that we give up our rights to make ourselves safer. This has never been true the history of the world over, and it isn't true now. It doesn't matter what people like Senator Chris Murphy say. Now, what are the things that they're going to change? Oh, that's a question I don't have an answer to. Red flag laws? Different levels of background checks? More resources for mental health care and school safety? There will be no assault weapons ban, but then again, these people wouldn't be able to tell you what an assault weapon is if their life depended on it. I said so on Fox over the weekend. If you caught that, you can find it at, on my Facebook page, and uh, you can find it over there at Locals, TonyCats.Locals.com. I don't know. I had these weird audio issues, and I, you, you, sometimes my, my volume was cutting out. It was 
really disappointing because I, I had the topic, right? I felt very, very solid in, 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 in what I was saying. And you can you can make it out. It's just it's just annoying. But I said exactly that. Members of Congress couldn't define an assault weapon if their lives depended on it. And if we're going to talk about money for you know mental health care, you're not going to get an argument out of me except a question. Not an argument, a question. What does it mean? If you tell me the federal government is going to put X number of dollars into mental health resources, what does that mean? Seems to me it could mean another program. Well, I don't know if another program does the trick. Is what we're dealing with here mental health resources or are we dealing with here cultural rot, which is my argument. You have a an entire group of kids that believes that if they've been slighted, the only way to respond is with absolute violence. You have kids who don't know how to deal with uh, disappointment. You have kids who are told that their emotions matter and they're allowed to act out on their emotions and everybody is at fault. Why should it be on you when it's clearly somebody else who hasn't done something for you, to you, near you, around you? Really ugly stuff. Helicopter parenting, lawnmower parenting. You know what the difference is, right? Helicopter parenting is when you hover. Lawnmower parenting is when you remove all the obstacles in a kid's way. You lawnmower through them. So therefore, they never have to deal with any... uh, any hardships, any responsibilities. They never have to do any figuring out. They never have to figure out how to work their emotions. Well, you have to work your emotions. You have to deal with your emotions. You have to keep them in check. You're entitled to your emotions. You're not entitled to act out upon them. Who the hell are you? But you'll see this a lot, for example, as we are in Pride Month, and there are some stories there, and I'll get into them. Uh, there's, a, there's a big one from uh, Major League Baseball. I'll discuss that coming up. In Pride Month, there's this this idea um, that uh, everybody has to somehow accept who you are. No, no one has to accept who you are except you. If you're gay, you have to accept you. Nobody else has to. Nobody else has to embrace anything about you. And they don't have to put up a flag, and they don't have to wear a patch. They don't have to do anything. Best they leave you alone. I walk down the street not knowing if somebody's an anti-Semite or not. I am only thankful that they don't tell me. Just keep that stuff to yourself. I'm going to go live my life. Nobody has to put it out on display. Yet the demand for the fealty is you must display it and you must show it. And not only do you have to accept, you have to cheerlead. You have to cheerlead. Good Lord. Did you hear about uh, the, the, the drag bar? Oh, I'll get into the drag bar as well in Texas. Your emotions... Thinking that somehow uh, everyone has to accept how it is you feel. Uh, no one should give a damn how, how you feel. No, what, what does it matter how you feel? That's for you and your friends, your doctor, maybe a therapist, maybe your mom. The rest of the world doesn't need to know it. The rest of the world doesn't want to know it. They're dealing with their own stuff. So when we talk about money... For mental health, I don't know what it is they mean. Like, for example, 
Could there be an expansion of, a, a, a codification of, or codification of red flag laws? Now, as a concept, I dig red flag laws. As I view them, red flag laws are you know somebody is a threat to themselves or others, you work through a legal system via a judge to have them adjudicated as mentally unfit. Now, yes, this can lead to somebody losing their rights. I have real issue with that. But if you have a judge, it is safeguarded to the extent possible. I favor, and we've had this conversation before, and I haven't changed on this, I favor the idea that families can make a move to protect the ones they love so that they are actually protecting others. The problem is, when you see how some red flag laws are implemented, they're implemented in a way that takes away the rights because they're... um, those laws are abused to take weapons, for example, firearms from other people without proper adjudication. And you saw this happen, and I saw this happen and said, okay, they just turned me around on red flag laws because while conceptually I am there, if in practice it's just a way for the state to take away the rights of the citizen, now the citizen has to fight and financially fight for their rights. I oppose this with everything in me. Everything in me. Conceptually, I get it. Conceptually, I actually want it. When I see abuse, that's it. If states would simply stop abusing, if government officials would simply stop abusing, well, it's amazing what could actually be done. So I'm not sure where they are about red flag laws. And also, I'm not so sure they are where they are about school safety. But I favor the, the, the increase of school safety. I've argued uh, that in my beloved Indiana, when you talk about having a $6 billion surplus, or multi-billion dollar surplus, I should say, well, what should we do with the money here, there, and everywhere? I'm not saying anything actually has to be done with the money except returned uh, to, to the people of Indiana. But if you told me what should be done with the money or could be done with the money, hardening schools for the entire state is a good one, or at least starting to. At least starting to. I'm, I'm not arguing you can spend the whole six bill or however much the money is. But it was Chuck Schumer who didn't allow the vote to go through from Senator Ron Johnson, which would have been about best practice groups, about how you protect schools. And one of those things could have involved the idea of guns in schools, armed guards in schools. You know, like, like let's, pretend it's a, let's pretend it's a liquor store or a member of Congress. Let's get them some protection. A jewelry store, a bank, a... Let's get them some protection. No, no, we can't do that. It's schools. We can't have guns near children. That's what those people sound like, and they sound ridiculous. Oh, we can't have more guns near kids? Why? 
Kids see guns all the time. They see them at airports. They see them uh, at, at banks, you know, a police guard. Uh, they see them in lots of different places. They're not going to be afraid because they know someone at the school has a firearm. Maybe you should stop scaring kids and things will be better off. One man's theory. But there was, if you were talking about guns in schools, Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Can't have that. Guns are bad, okay? Chuck Mackey Schumer, okay? So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how... Um, I don't know how this is going to come through. I don't know how this is going to play itself out. I don't know if it's going to do something. But this does not, their conversation does not control, uh, include universal background checks. It doesn't include bans on AR-15s, which is going to satisfy no one on the left because they're not satisfied until they've taken away rights. I mean, that's just that's just who they are. They've they, that's what they're telling us. I will have more uh, on this and I will get into the whole major league baseball conversation. Oh, it's something. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Soldiers, sailors, and airmen of the Allied Expeditionary Force, you are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. In company with our brave allies and brothers-in-arms on other fronts, you will bring about the destruction of the German war machine, the elimination of Nazi tyranny over the oppressed peoples of Europe, and security for ourselves in a free world. It is with that start that Dwight Eisenhower said, D-Day is here. Let us go bring about victory for the world. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 78 years ago. D-Day, or as many in the political left would tell you, just another example of the United States colonialism. Honestly, if it's not America saving the free world, who's it going to be? Well, the Russians were there uh, right until they weren't, because soon after World War II, they weren't down with a free world. Oh, they took losses. They took big, 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 big losses. Remember, they were on our side in World War II. They were opposed to the, to the Germans. And soon after, well, it, uh, it all went to pot. And maybe, may, maybe we will uh, uh, finally recognize the patent was right. But we'll leave that for another day. Your task, wrote Eisenhower, will not be an easy one. Your enemy is well-trained, well-equipped, and battle-hardened. He will fight savagely. But this is the year 1944. Much has happened since the Nazi triumphs of 1940-1941. The United Nations have inflicted upon the Germans great defeats in open battle man-to-man. 
Our air offensive has seriously reduced their strength in the air and their capacity to wage war on the ground. Our home fronts have given us an overwhelming superiority in weapons and munitions of war and placed at our disposal great reserves of trained fighting men. The tide has turned. The free men of the world are marching together to victory. I have full confidence in your courage, devotion to duty, and skill in battle. We will accept nothing less than full victory. Good luck, and let us all beseech the blessing of Almighty God upon this great and noble undertaking. Uh, they, don't, they don't write them like that anymore. These days it'd be like three emojis. I'm assuming there'd be like a smiley face and a and a and a, and a pizza emoji. I'm not sure, I'm not sure how else you tell the story. How daunting it must have been. Because while Eisenhower is trying to tell you that it's all going to be solid. We've got the munitions, we've got the people. You were heading into Omaha, you were you were not sh- you were pretty sure you weren't going to come out alive the swarming of the beaches in normandy utah omaha gold juno and sword paratroopers launching uh, the operation before dawn 156,000 allied ground troops storming the beaches Twenty four hundred American troops were killed, wounded, or unaccounted for at Omaha Beach alone. I mean it's it really is something to witness. Something to consider of whether or not we would have the capacity, the mindset, the mental set to do it again. If the moment was needed. And I would rather that the moment wasn't needed. But is that the way these things go? We have had unprecedented peace in the United States and around the globe. That isn't to say that things don't happen. That isn't to say that there aren't things going on. It is to say, in comparison to a world war, unprecedented peace. What happens when that changes? Does that change with China? Does that change with Putin and the invasion of Ukraine? And do we have the mental set to do it again? And the only answer is, we better. Meanwhile, Turning Point USA had an event and people are talking, but do they know what they're talking about? Alex Clark discusses it with us next. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. I assume that they hate Turning Point USA because they're successful in reaching out to high school and college-age students. That's my take. This is the thing that they hate more than anything else. Tony Katz. Tony Katz, today is so good uh, to be with you. Started by Charlie Kirk, and I've met Charlie a grand grand total of one moment in my life. Um. He has said things, I'm like, that's pretty bright. He has said things like, yeah, I'm not there at all. But that's true of many, many people. The organization has been successful, and the organization is hated. Over the weekend, they gathered in Dallas. 
the Young Women's Leadership Summit. And according to Media Matters for America, which is a leftist rag built on destroying Fox News, and they have written some wholesale crap about me in the past. Oh, remember, if, if you have a job at Media Matters for America, uh, chances are your career went very, very wrong. They uh, talk about the event, a celebration of freedom and femininity for acute conservatives, where they had personalities um, talking about a whole series of things, including in their view, how women suggest uh, their role is to get married and have babies. One of the people they talk about is Alex Clark, who was a radio host with me uh, in Indianapolis. She headed on out to Arizona. She now hosts Poplitics, which is uh, their culture show, uh, talking about what's going on all around and she is a turning point usa uh contributor she joins us right now uh is this your first media matters write-up alex it's my first and i'm honestly so excited tony (laughs) when i saw this i screamed i was so happy because this just exposes them as the hateful anti-family leftists that they really are to say that the biggest takeaway, the biggest thing that they were mad at and concerned with that we talked about at the Turning Point USA Young Women's Leadership Summit was get married and have a lot of babies and raise them to be conservative to save America. So it's what's interesting is, is that that, that type of message is the kind of message that goes along with how they view, oh, it's Republicans, it's Handmaid's Tale, it's, it's they, they want to keep uh, women, uh, you know, barefoot pregnant and, and, and in the kitchen. So I guess the question, Alex, we'll start with is, why do you want women barefoot pregnant and in the kitchen? I want women to be whatever they want to be if they want to have a career, which, by the way, Media Matters got it wrong. We had multiple speakers, including former press secretary for President Trump, Kaylee McEnany, go on stage and talk about how you can be a mother and have a career and have it all. And there's going to require some balance and sacrifice in that. But you can do both. But innately, biologically, what we as women were made to do was to raise children and serve others and that is a great message and also i'm surprised that they're upset that we're saying like what we think women should be doing when they can't even define a woman and then when they can't define a woman they're aborting them so it's it's kind of ironic that they really even feel like they have you know a foot to stand on at this point let's i I want uh, to get into uh, the the details of this conversation, talking to Alex Clark. You can find her at tpusa.com uh, and the show Poplitics. It's like politics and pop culture. It's Poplitics. Women were designed for, that is the kind of language that makes people absolutely crazy, Alex. It makes people absolutely nuts. So take a moment and define it as you see it and as the as the organization was describing it over the weekend. 
we were designed as women to procreate. This is, is it controversial now? I guess it is. But yes, we were. We were designed to have children, lead children, have a family. That's super important. And it, when you go back and you look at history over hundreds and hundreds, even thousands of years, this is what has been done around the world for generations. All of a sudden in America is that controversial. Um, because the left has made it out to be. And, and really, it's not like they're so compassionate and, you know, they think women deserve better than having a family or something like that. They do not want us to have families. They do not want us to have other people that we care about or look to um, or answer to more than the government. This is all part of their master plan. Of course, they're upset that we're telling women, hey, get married, have a family. That is their number one thing they do not want. Uh, agreed. That is the number the number one thing they do not want, and they'll make the argument that uh, women should not be relegated to such a role. And your response is, wait a second, what exactly? They're acting like there's something wrong with the role. Your argument is there's nothing wrong with the role. There's nothing wrong with the role, and when you talk to women who are a lot older, I'm talking um, older millennials or even Gen Xers that really bought into the feminist movement that are in their late 30s um, and then going into their early 40s, late 40s, all of them are talking about how, hey, I bought into this lie that I need to put my career first, that you know, uh, feminine, uh, femininity, true femininity is not needing a man, um, that we don't need a partner, we can do it all on our own. They're miserable. They're unhappy. They're lonely because, yeah, you can have your career, put your career first. But if you never, ever have a family or prioritize a family at the end of your life, when you're there in your deathbed, you have no one. Your, your fellow employees that you work with aren't going to show up for you. It's your family, your children, your grandchildren who are going to show up for you. And I think a lot of them are starting to realize, oh, I bought into this lie. Now look where I am. And they're lonely and they're sad and they're warning young millennials and then Gen Z um, that don't make the same mistake that I did. Talking to Alex Clark of Turning Point USA and Poplitics. You can catch the show there. Do you catch it on Instagram? Is that where you're catching the show these days? Yes, my show Poplitics, where we cover pop culture from a conservative perspective, is just on Instagram at Poplitics. And then I have a weekly podcast as well where I interview people with jaw-dropping stories. Anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, it's called The Spillover. So uh, one of the things that you talked about in this conference is that people might be giving advice that, you know, and this is how you quote it, they, they quote you as actually have some advice for you on how to find your dude servative. I guess that's that's finding a conservative guy. I, I did that all by myself, Alex. I'm very, very impressive. And then they go on to quote uh, Charlie Kirk talking about a biblical model as they describe it. You understand that, that Media Matters put this together in that total handmaid's tale kind, kind of way. How is this message received by, okay, the people who go to this conference are are they surprised by this message, or are they appreciative of this message? And how is this message received on college campuses across the country? At the conference, they loved it. I mean, because you're talking about 
thousands of conservative, uh, mostly Christian women from all 50 states. We even had international conservatives is what I like to call them. Um, girls that were from Sweden that came because they just love conservative American values so much and wanted to experience it for themselves in real life, which is pretty cool. But I mean, at the conference, the girls loved it. They felt encouraged. They felt like they were finally being validated in their in their beliefs and their thoughts. Like, yes, I do want to find an amazing conservative man to lead my family, to lead my children. I want to have a family. I don't want to be told by culture, by Hollywood, by the left that that's wrong, that somehow me wanting this since I was a little girl is wrong. Of course, when you say this on college campuses, I mean, that you're, you're, if you're in a college campus, you're going to be experiencing a lot more people like Media Matters, the leftists, the, the feminists, the diehard feminists, the purple hairs, as I like to say. So I'm sure that they don't like that message, but it's just the truth. We're not saying that everybody has to do – the thing is that the left says everybody, you know, don't have a family, don't get married, push your career first, do all these things, or else, you know, you're a terrible person, you're not truly feminist. Um, we just believe that women should be able to make their own choices. But at the end of the day, uh, I mean, according to thousands of years, like I said, that seems to be what women do want. At the end of the day, that is what makes women happy. So when you see this piece from Media Matters, I mean, it it came across my feed, and I I, I tweeted out, this is your plan to go after Alex Clark? Uh, (laughs) I I I think I wrote best of luck with that. Because it's, I, I know you well enough to know that this is, this is not going to end well. You're certainly not going to hide uh, from, from this fight. The objective of the piece was to make you to defend what would be seen as a traditional value as something that's antiquated or actually anti-woman. And your response is uh, everything but. My response is uh, you got it exactly right. We are telling young conservative women to embrace motherhood. We are telling young conservative women to love their country, to get married, to have children. And also, bonus, which they're really going to hate, have a lot of children and homeschool them. Don't put them in public school leftist indoctrination camps, then take back our country. Yes, that is what they're telling them. You got it exactly right. So uh, that's fine. I was ecstatic that they wrote this piece. I thought it was hilarious. And I even thought it was funnier that the author is a, has been described by the Washington Post as a 20-something who lives in a basement in D.C. with five other roommates, lots of cats, and a dog named Noodles. And it's her first ever job after college. And I said, you know what? All of this just makes sense. I'm not surprised at all. Before I let you go, how how was the conference? How many people uh, uh, attended? Uh, what was uh, what what was the takeaway? I believe we had close to twenty five hundred women representing all fifty states. Like I said, an international uh, young conservative women that were fired up to go back into their workplaces, their communities, their schools, and start using their anger that we've had over the last couple years with the Biden administration now to channel that into true activism and making a difference. So the midterms, I'm telling you right now, do not stand a chance. Conservative women are fired up. Alex Clark, uh, you find her. Yo, Alex Raps, R-A-P-Z. I don't know why that's your Twitter name. We got (laughs) to... They won't let me change it, and I made it in high school because Yo MTV Raps, Yo Alex Raps. I thought it was clever. (laughs) They won't let you change it? No. Well, you know, Twitter doesn't have, like, a customer service place or somewhere to, to you know, send requests and like that. So I'm stuck with it. But on Instagram, I'm at Real Alex Clark, and my show is at Poplitics on Instagram. It's the best place to find me.
That's Alex Clark right there. Good on you. Keep fighting the fight. We'll talk more. Keep it here, guys. I'm Tony Katz. I also have a mini rant about this because there are some politicians, including Democratic politicians, that rail against the term Latinx. And they're like, this is so bad. This is so bad for the party, like blah, blah, blah. And like, it's almost as though it has not struck some of these folks that another person's identity is not about your reelection prospects. Like, this is not about you. That's Representative Ocasio-Cortez defending the use of the term Latinx, which doesn't mean anything, doesn't get used in any communities. Who the hell is she speaking for? She has lost the edge. If we're going to do another Top Gun reference, she's Cougar. I'll get into Top Gun in a second. She's Cougar. She's lost the edge. She's got to turn in her wings. I've written about this. I've talked about this. She no longer has any social media gravitas whatsoever. She sounds like a fool. Like a fool. Ignorant, ignorant, ignorant. No one uses Latinx. No one. Zero, baby. Zero. They find it insulting. You know why? Because it's insult. It's insulting. You're Hispanic. You're Latino. You're Latina. Latinx. She 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 simply can't stop herself. She can't. She can't do it. I th- I think it's great because I think she's bad for the party, and the party knows it. And she keeps pushing these progressive candidates, and now they're not doing as well as they used to. Oh, it is fantastic. There's a story out about Uvalde. Of course, where 19 children were murdered. We were discussing it earlier. Where the school board met for the first time since the shooting. And the school board decided not to take any action against school police chief Pete Arredondo. Now... Arredondo needs to be fired. Arredondo needs to be arrested. Arredondo needs to lose his pension. You don't send in cops to stop the shooter. You weren't getting the 911 calls. What exactly were you doing? This, by the way, a guy who is now on the school on, on the city council. He got sworn in a little over a week ago after the shootings took place. Some people are angry with the schools because the agenda allowed the board to terminate him. And the meeting was partially behind closed doors, but they didn't do it. I also, like like you, first said, what in the world? But discretion may be the better part of valor in this case. They have, they have time to fire him. Let the investigation continue. Let the investigation being done by Texas Public Safety that he is not cooperating in, let that help guide you and make it easier for you, because you know this is a guy who's going to sue everybody when he gets fired for his failures, and they are failures, and they are public failures. You took the job. You took the money. You got to call yourself chief. You took the nice uh, parking spot. You got the free dinner. You know you did. And when the moment came, nobody was going into the classroom. So, okay, this has to be dealt with. You did not respond. Of course, there's going to be calls for your termination. It may pay to wait 
and let more information come out through the Texas Department of Public Safety, then making a decision in concert and coordination with that so you've got the strongest case possible. And that's frustrating. I am with you. That is frustrating. Just because it's frustrating doesn't mean you don't do it. Just because it's frustrating doesn't mean you don't do it. I argue that that's exactly what you do. I argue that you do take your time. Now, the markets are a little bit of all over the place today. It's amazing how things have been moving. Things were up massive by hundreds of points and then things went negative and now things are slightly positive you've got apple making some announcements uh, about uh new uh iphone and ipad software market want wants to go up i don't know if it will the january 6th committee they oh they've they've got the real information about the uh about uh, the, the riots. What, do they still call it an insurrection? Oh, yeah. So much so that they've hired some TV news people to help them make it a big spectacle in prime time. Oh, and that drag bar and, the ma- and Major League Baseball stories? I've got those as well. TonyCats.locals.com. It's the new home for all things TK. This is Tony Katz today.